Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. This podcast is all about helping private investors navigate their way through the murky world of commercial property investing. Sometimes when you're getting started in this crazy industry, it's really difficult to work out what's going on and to recognise all the moving parts. And in terms of trying to find deals, you can be forgiven for thinking that nobody's interested in doing any deals with you. Unlike residential property, it can be quite difficult to find out what's for sale and even find comparables indicating how much other properties have sold for. It seems that commercial property agents have a slightly overzealous hold on available properties and general market information. That is certainly part of my experience. However, over the years, I've learned to navigate the cloudy waters a little bit more efficiently than when I started. Today, I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've tried to do to make those conversations with agents be more productive. To speed up the process of becoming accepted as one of their customers. It's worth mentioning that even in the last couple of days, I've had experience of some resistance from an agent. I reached out to a commercial agent who doesn't know me about a property I wanted to go and view. So this is just something local. I thought, right, I need to go and have a look at this. But the agent I didn't recognise sent them an email. Took a couple of days to get a response, which to be fair is not bad. However, the email response was a one-liner. Then the next one was a one-liner too, with no kind of pleasantries or anything, just one-liner. Both emails with the air of, I don't need you, and basically inferred, if you want to go and view the property, go collect the keys and view it for yourself. I'm too busy with my job of selling property. What? So basically, I have to go spend an hour getting keys to go and view a property that the agent's not going to come and view with me. So I thought, well, you know, what are you going to do about that? But you can't take it to heart. It'll hopefully be putting other people off instead, of course. And the title of this podcast is Why do agents not return my calls and what can I do about it? It's a question I get asked a lot by those getting started in commercial, even by those who are quite experienced. I know I've talked about agents before and sometimes not always in the best of lights. And that might be just a reflection of some of the frustrations that I've had. But not all agents are the same. And when you find a good one, make sure you hold on to them. Before we dive into some of the things you can do about it, let's just remind ourselves a little bit about context. You see, to be a good agent, apart from knowing your craft, it's all about relationships. You need to have a good network of buyers and a good network of sellers. And as you get yourself more and more established, particularly in a local market, if that's your thing, the easier it will become to make those deals happen. And network's really, really important. But think about it, once you've established that network as an agent, a network that works well for you, why would you necessarily need any more people? You see, I think some agents just don't need you because they've already established their network, so they just don't need you or I. They have a good business going on and they just don't necessarily need us to be involved. So 
Don't be upset when they don't return your call. Don't be upset if they seem to be a little bit offhandish. You're going to have to park your ego and work out a strategy to get into that network. So what I thought I would do for this session is just discuss some of the strategies and actions you can take to get the agents to return your calls, start sending emails about projects or opportunities. Interestingly, there's those different layers of deal flow in this market I've mentioned before. There are those deals that the agents get asked to sell without necessarily putting them on the open market, and they only send those to their closest investors. Then there are those that are through the next layer, where the agent may send the potential deal to all his agent buddies, and they'll share it with their close investor networks, but it's still not technically on the market. And then there's the third layer, where the property goes on the open market where perhaps some of the less networked newbie commercial investors start to see these opportunities. But by then, the deal's been shown to lots of private investor networks. Now, I do need to point out that it's not always the way it's done. Sometimes properties need to go on the open market because there may be some scrutiny necessary to satisfy public bodies, if there's a public body selling the property, or PLCs where there needs to be more accountability. Also, it could just be the seller may be in a hurry and wants to show as many potential buyers as possible to get it sold. And that's fine. But as new investors, our job is to try and get ourselves into those first two layers so we start to come across opportunities before they go on to the open market. It takes time to do that. And here are some of the things that I think you should work on so that you can get integrated into some of those tighter networks. So here's the question again. Why do agents not return my calls and what can I do about it? Well, the first thing is maybe you're not being specific enough. One of the first things that I would suggest to some of our commercial property students is that you need to be specific when you're talking to agents and very often we're not. The problem with not being specific enough is that the agent readily forgets what you're asking for because it's too vague. You need to ask for something or give some hooks here that are going to make the agent just hold on to that thought for a bit longer. So what not to do is reach out to a new agent and say you're looking for any commercial opportunities and pile in by giving them your full investment criteria. I'm looking for commercial opportunities where I'm going to earn an extra 20% on development. That's going to be really difficult. A lot of these guys don't see how you can make 20% return on your investment. And it's too generic. You might need to be more specific, even if you would like to see every single opportunity there is to make 20% return on your money, you need to be more specific to try and get engagement right off the bat. So one of those questions, particularly if you're looking at CMO properties, might be, do you have any partial income producing properties? Or, I'm looking for partial income producing properties, what do you have? That's quite specific. Not everybody asks for that. And of course, as we've mentioned before, having a partial income producing property means that you've got some income to leverage for finance and you've got some vacancy to add value. If you want to be an active investor, that is, it's a good question to ask. It's also important to be specific on the sector type, the property size, perhaps the location or a certain geographical spread. If that doesn't work, you can change tactic, change some of those variables. But I think the more specific you are, the more likely you are to be given some properties to look at to get the ball rolling, which is really important here. So asking for just some key elements or key hooks can allow that agent or help the agent remember you or even give you some specific properties that they actually have on their books or under their books, as it were, right now. The second challenge is that we don't have a relationship. 
So when we get in contact with the agent, they're not bothered. It's a new agent, so we're going to have to try and build that relationship. Now, how can we do that? Well, one option is to be looking at a specific property that agent is already handling and asking for a viewing. Go out, kick some tires, look at some projects, start running the numbers. That's going to do two things. One, it's going to give you an education on what's going on in the marketplace. And two, while you're going through that process, it's allowing you to build a relationship with that agent. That's if they come on the viewing, of course. On the side of caution, though, don't waste all their time by looking at loads and loads of properties that you have no intention to buy. Look at some, and whilst you're looking at them, talk through that project, looking at what the opportunity is. You can also start asking questions about other things that they may have or other projects they might have coming up. So there's a balance there, isn't there, between taking up too much of their time, but also building some relationship time. Some of the agents will be close to that, but some will open up. It's a good way to start building the relationship. Either way, once you have some agents that are returning your calls, returning your emails, or maybe even going on those viewings with you, those are the ones you want to narrow down and focus on to try and build up some kind of relationship with them. I appreciate the irony here. As I mentioned earlier on, the new agent to me said, just go and get the keys and drop them back later. And it's difficult to talk through projects and the market with someone who isn't even going to accompany you on a viewing. But I know I'll have to go and do the viewing and then build a conversation from there, once I've been and had a look at it. This is going to take time. Don't be a rabid dog, except it takes time to build those relationships, right? The third challenge to overcome, I mentioned earlier on, is that a lot of more established agents don't think they necessarily actually need you, at least not in their head. They've got that established network. So how do you get around that? Well, for some, it might simply take too much time to get through to them. And what you may be better doing is seeking out those that are trying to grow their own practice or their own business or a partner in a business rather than a national firm. Or you have caught them early on in their career and they're still trying to establish that full network. Or maybe they just need to make loads of commissions. But whatever the reason, you need to find somebody or an agent who's motivated to actually get to know you rather than necessarily sitting on their laurels with their established network. If you do come across those that are not as open, think about the opportunity cost. You may be better spending time with somebody else to build a relationship there. And don't forget that those deals we were talking about, the kind of under-the-market deals, could still come to your agent via the more arrogant agent who won't talk to you because your guy or girl may still be in their network. So you're still going to get to see those level two deals. So when at least that opportunity gets sent out around the agent network, your friendly agent may get to see it and talk to you about it. In other words, you don't need to build a relationship with every agent in your target area, just some key ones. Your job is to help them believe they do need you and should invest some time with you or simply find the younger agents who are hungry to get ahead. So the fourth reason they might not be returning your calls is maybe you're not appearing serious enough. It's a bit chicken and egg, of course. You're just getting started and you want to learn how all this stuff goes together. As you go along, you may feel you're fumbling about just a bit too much for your liking. It's essentially you're a little bit out of your comfort zone, certainly how I felt. Well, I hope the podcast helps give you more information in terms of questions and context on things to talk about with these guys. Ultimately, you need to try and show a bit more seriousness for them to take you more seriously. First of all, give yourself a break. We all have to start somewhere. Better to start than never, right? 
but educate yourself around things like your potential product offer, the market pricing, the sector that you're looking at, and demand. Just try to find out more information. So when you have those conversations, you sound a little bit more serious about what you're talking about. You don't have to be the world's expert to be able to appear serious. You just need to be able to show that you've thought through what you're looking for. And of course, as with anything in life, you've got two ears and one mouth. It's learning to ask lots of questions from the agents. And you can reflect some of that on your conversations with the next agent. It's all a people business after all. The fifth challenge I come across when trying to establish a new relationship with an agent is you get... Let me ask you a question. Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax-free bubble. A SaaS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SaaS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SaaS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SaaS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SaaS discovery call with Bryn. The impression that they've heard it all before. And I think, to be fair, that's even more prevalent in the residential market when you're trying to go out and find deals, particularly below market deals. They roll their eyes and say they've heard it all before. Nothing different there then. Just another challenge you have to get around. Now, let's not forget, one of the reasons we're looking at doing commercial properties is because there's less competition. So by virtue of that fact, the agents may have less people knocking on the door and less buyers than a residential agent. And anyone moving over from residential into commercial may just be calling the agent to pick their brains about any kind of opportunity they can find. So you can understand why they may be reluctant. So this really leads me into the fourth point about appearing serious or at least equipped with the right kind of questions to stand out from the smaller crowd. Again, I think the really important thing here is just don't take it personally. You've got an objective, stick to it, leave the ego to the side. Oh, and by the way, just like other areas of our lives, sometimes we can misread these people, so don't ever burn any bridges, even if it appears they're burning the bridge with you. The industry's pretty small and these guys move from company to company. You're in this for the long term, right? So don't get upset, don't try and retaliate, just be pleasant and keep to your objectives. The sixth one is about credibility and experience. Some newbies think they have no credibility at all in the commercial property market. Let's have a think first. If you're new to the commercial side of things, is there any credibility or experience you can perhaps portray to the agent? It surprises me how often residential investors feel almost naked when they're talking to commercial people, even though they've got really good track record in residential. They've maybe done some fairly extensive redevelopments, or they've extended some residential properties, they've maybe split titles, or even created and managed service accommodation. And yet, when they come into commercial, they feel they haven't got any credibility. And there's lots of strategies there that also work in commercial. But it seems often residential investors forget that experience. Without question, it will help build credibility by talking about some of the successes you've had. Okay, you don't need to go on overtly talking about how awesome you are, but share some of the skills and challenges you've dealt with. They are transferable skills and it can build credibility with the agent. It's like, okay, I now understand you've been doing well residential projects or developments and now you're looking into commercial. Okay, you're a bit more serious than I thought. 
If commercial is completely new to you in terms of property and you haven't done any residential, there may still be other areas of your life where some experiences are relevant to your future plans for commercial. My point here is, have a think before you go and talk to that next agent about how you could build a little bit of credibility. Be honest with yourself, there will be quite a few things you've done that will actually lend themselves towards the next part of your journey, so use them. Another method to build some credibility or show experience is to third-party the conversation. You might say, I'm working with some investors, or I'm working with a developer that is looking for blah. That way you can lend a bit of credibility. In fact, that tactic can help with the negotiation too, but I digress. So, the next one I have on the list is proof of funds, number seven. Now, often, if you put in an offer, particularly where there's a closing date and a bidding situation, the sales agent or lawyer will come back to you to maybe accept the offer if you can show proof of funds. Sometimes that's even requested as part of your bid package, and you should be ready for that. It's worth bearing in mind that this can be a big unspoken topic. Some agents might not return your calls because they have had a few time wasters before and are assessing if you actually have access to any money or you're just kicking tires like the last viewer. When you have those discussions in the early days, just trying to build that relationship, try to drop into the conversation that you have access to finance and it's not going to be a problem or your issue. And it's all about the deal stacking up. I'm not saying you go in there with the latest bank statement from your private investor or your own bank statement if you're lucky enough to have a nice bulging balance. It maybe needs to be a bit more subtle than that. It's just being aware that at some point that question is being asked in their head. And if you can go over that topic in the earlier conversations, they're going to think, okay, maybe I need to spend a little bit more time with this person because they sound serious. It sounds like they've got access to some money. So, that's a few ticks in the boxes for them. And the final point, number eight, this is not so much about why they're not returning your calls, but a bit of context to use to your advantage. So, investing in commercial property has two different strands. The first one is investment grade property, which is often tenanted, and it's really an opportunity for somebody to part their money for a certain level of yield or return on their money. Really, it's a passive income. And yield expectations are typically much lower, and sometimes the market can be quite hot, depending on what's going on. For instance, as we've discussed a few times at the moment, industrial yields are very low, prices are very high. And through my conversations recently with investors in other countries, like the US, it's not just relevant to our local market, it seems to be a worldwide issue. Industrial is hot. The other way of investing, though, is not necessarily investment stock, where you're going to buy yield, but more about vacant or partially vacant properties that need some active management. We have spoken about that lots of times. What I want to highlight is to get the agent's attention, you could take the route of looking for a property for your own business. That's if you have one. Or if you don't, maybe it's for a colleague's business. Either way, there's an entity, a business already existing that needs a home. This is different than looking for an investment property. It can be quite a powerful proposition for an agent who's hungry because here you're talking about an existing client with a specific need. I appreciate that if you're listening to the podcast, to invest in commercial property for an income is not necessarily a home for your business. However, I would suggest it's a good way to get yourself into commercial. If you have your own business, find the building for your business to occupy and just make sure it's oversized. You can talk about what you're looking for with some room for expansion or yard space or whatever it is, 
but it's going to prick up the ears of the agent. They're going to be looking for something for your entity. This business that either you own or somebody that you're working with owns. Meanwhile, in the back of your head, what you're trying to do is find an oversized building. Then you can start to sublet out parts of that building to commercial tenants. This is a tactic that I've seen work on a number of occasions with students. So there you go. They were in no particular order, but the reality is you're trying to build a relationship with an agent. Don't get upset when they don't return your call and just think of the strategies you can use to deploy to try and build up relationships despite their initial rebuffal. Go on LinkedIn or ask Uncle Google about agents in your area or target area and just start investigating who specialises in what, who's active, what stage they're at in their career and the likelihood that they're going to be wanting to expand their network and actually going to really work with you quickly. It's important to try and map out who all these people are. If you're getting nowhere fast with one or two agents, take out your list and move on to the others. Those who start to return your calls or emails and start showing interest are obviously the ones that you need to start developing a relationship with as much as you can. The interesting quirk about the industry that I've experienced is that once you've created some relationships, these guys and girls do tend to move around, if they're not at partner level, between different firms. So you may establish a relationship with someone a bit earlier in their career at one particular practice, and they then move across to somewhere else, and that door opens for you in another agency. It's quite interesting, as you grow and they grow, you get more opportunities to look at different types of property before they come to market, because they're in different practices and different agencies, and as your network grows, so does the opportunity to see all these different things. The agent network approach to finding deals is not the only way, of course. You can find deals through your own networking and direct a vendor, but there's no getting away from the fact that in this industry, agents are important sources of deals. So don't underestimate the value of the time that you put into building those relationships. I'm not saying I like it, but that is a big part of the way the game works. From my point of view, at least, it seems to be the way the game works, so you just got to play the game and try to enjoy it. If you've got a twisted sense of humour, sometimes it can be really funny to watch how the dynamics work in this space, particularly around the egos. I know it's the same the world over for lots and lots of different industries. It's all about the people, right? I hope that has helped answer the question, at least partly, of why do agents not return my calls and what can I do about it? I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast and I hope that you found some value in there today. If you enjoyed it or you'd like to share some of your wins or challenges with agents, feel free to jump onto the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash commercial property investors. That'll take you to the page. Click on the link to the group and join us in there. Alternatively, pop onto the platform you're listening to the podcast on and leave us some of your comments there in the review section. We're always delighted to receive feedback so we can make the podcast better and better. Thanks very much for listening and looking forward to catching up with you again very soon. You've been listening to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm Jerry Alexander. 